Welcome back to The Internet Was a Mistake and part two of our episode on spirit science with our host Phoenix and our guest Rosa. Actually, I'm recording this after we've finished part two and Phoenix and Rosa have mysteriously disappeared. Did they get eaten by a shark? Are they just hiding behind the sofa? Who can say? The only truth is that continuity is a comforting lie we tell you through the medium of audio editing. on the internet was a mistake i would like to take a moment to go ahead and remind everyone that this episode contains a lot of content warnings for sexual assault in particular so if that is not something that you can handle then please for your sake take a take a step back um and i hope you have a good good afternoon night evening wherever you're at as for everyone else who is still here, uh, just a quick rehash of what we talked about in part one. Spirit science is a bunch of weird cuckoo nonsense, and we ended part one with the ghost and their blog post about their encounter with Jordan Ducky Ducknitch. We are going to be picking up today uh, from there, just examining that event from Jordan's point of view this time. So let's just go ahead and get right into it uh, from his blog, When Regrets Becomes Rape. Now, normally we wouldn't give this much space to the words of an abuser, but in Jordan's case, Whoa. his defense reveals a lot about his mindset. And the his title is what? The, the title is When Regrets Becomes Rape. Whoa. Yeah, it's very much like and yeah rights activist title yeah like uh yeah th this is a title that offends me on a very personal level but uh that's pretty <laughs> gross yeah now this is the first out of two blogs and we'll get to the second one here in just a bit in response to the article is accusing me of having committed any act of sexual assault towards my girlfriend at the time in regards to the question, did I rape her? The answer is absolutely not. My partner and I were together for approximately two months before talk of intimacy came up. We talked openly about sex and sexuality in both an interpersonal and private way, as well as from a spiritual and energetic perspective. I had asked if she wanted to have sex, and although she expressed hesitation at first, as our conversations progressed, she did say yes. It was only then that we proceeded. Our act of making love was just that, consensual, and in the mindset of bringing our energies into sexual union. After this initial encounter, we were engaged in a healthy sexual relationship for many months. After nearly a year, our relationship began to deteriorate. I decided it was time to end our connection while there was still some friendship. 
I will officially state that at no point during our relationship did she express that she felt as though our sex life was comparable to rape. Had she ever expressed any level of discomfort, I would have immediately stopped all physical contact. All of these claims came out years after our relationship ended, which causes me to speculate that the way I ended our relationship fueled the resentment she is harboring towards me. Taking the responsibility of creating these experiences opens the door to learning, growing, and healing from all of this pain. And so I pray we learn and we grow. I want to open a space of reconciliation and forgiveness so that we may take the actions that are in our highest alignment and reverse the effect of what we've said or done when we were hurt afraid or experiencing regrets. I can only hope that others find learning in my experience as I continue to learn as well. I would like to thank everyone who continually supports me, who have not jumped to conclusions nor made rash accusations, and weigh each matter against the feather of truth. With all my love, Jordan David Ducknitch. So, there's some stuff there. Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, there, there, there's a lot. <laughs> okay, dude. All right. Okay, yeah. Jordan Ducky. Yeah. Uh, so I think now would be a good, good spot to take a quick breather, so everyone can uh, come back a little bit more refreshed and relaxed. Um, we will. <laughs> talk to you again soon but first an important public service announcement bears are freaking great they are big and fluffy and they take care of their babies like good little mama should they're so good as a matter of fact that we have an entire industry worshiping bears known as the teddy bear named after the first ever bear Teddy Theodore Paddington Bear, and you should go hug a bear right now. Bears are great, but the strategic bear reserve is critically low. So write your congressperson and demand more bears. This has been a public service announcement. And we are back. I hope everyone had a nice long stretch. Uh, took, a, took a couple breathers. Practice some mindfulness, maybe art to your uh, come onks a little bit. Meditation. Uh, did some DMT. You know, I, I get what Joe Rogan is talking about now did, with the DMT. When you were taking your DMT, did you get to talk to the astral projection self of the uh, Emma Watson Sophia? Um, no, actually. Uh, you were missing out. I just out. felt really pumped. Well, uh, as much fun as it is to dunk on the spirit sciences, I'm afraid that we have to get back to the horrible shit. Oh, good. Yep. 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 We just got to keep on moving. We just got to rip this bandaid off. So, Phoenix. Yes. I want to ask. What happened? What was the fallout? Was there any fallout from uh, this, this year blog post? We'll, uh... We'll, we'll get to that here in just, just okay. a moment. Yeah, we're, we're going to read the second blog post, and we'll kind of get into the fallout. Oh. All right, so the second blog post. My heart goes out to you, ghost. 
I know you may have felt that the opposite is true. I have nothing but love for you, and I'm very sorry for what we are both experiencing at this time. On your blog, you gave a very explicit and detailed account of the intimate experience that we shared, but none too comfortable with that. I would like to take a moment to share my experience of the story and how it was that I believe we got here today. You and I were only together for over a month before discussion of intimacy came up. We had talked openly about sex and sexuality and had comfortable space being with each other. On the day this all happened, you had been in an upset state all morning and were still upset when I had entered the room. In my intention to create some comfort for you, I approached and asked how you were doing. I then asked if we could cuddle, attempting to make you feel better. My full intention at this point was only to lift you up. You said that it was okay for me to get on the bed, and so I did. I climbed up and wrapped my arms around you and gently held you through the tears. We lay together for some time. We didn't say much, but soon you were no longer in tears and had calmed down quite a bit. In this new energy, I had asked if you wanted to have sex. In the beginning, and as you have stated in your article, you did say no. This was the end of the conversation for some time. We continued to lay there for roughly 30 more minutes, and the energy began to build once more. My experience was that of a one thing led to another sort of thing, and roughly half an hour later, I did ask a second time and this time you said yes it was only then that we proceeded you were not in tears during this activity you did not cry out no as you claim had this been the case it simply would not have happened in the articles that have been published against me and by the way i appreciate your attempts to keep me anonymous as you were simply trying to express your experiences Nevertheless, the words coercive happen to be used quite a number of times. This leads readers to believe that I repeatedly asked or even begged over and over until finally you were left feeling pressured and overwhelmed to say yes as the only way out of that situation. This is simply not the case, and I only felt compelled to ask when the chemistry of the moment felt like it was natural. So the open letter was written in 2017, shortly after Ghost came out with her account. This was after she had gone through the steps with local law enforcement, who had advised her that the best evidence in a rape would be a confession. So Ghost began a long and difficult journey that took a strength which I simply cannot imagine. She got back in contact with Jordan and rebuilt the rapport over the course of two months. At the end of those two months, Ghost and Jordan spoke on the phone a couple times. These calls were recorded and submitted to the the police uh, along with all of their other correspondence. Jordan references this and then adds a few more thoughts at the end of his letter to her. It was in these conversations that you alluded that if I was able to confirm your story, you would be able to find peace and put this whole thing behind you. And of course, that is what I wanted for you. I was not privy to your other agenda. I did not know that it would be recorded, nor that you would intend to attempt to use it against me as some sort of confession or entrapment. And so, two times we had a phone call. Each time you asked me to listen and confirm your experience. You asked for my cooperation and a verbal affirmation of your story as a part of a healing exercise so that you could make sense of and be at peace with what had transpired between us. With tremendous love for you, 
I accepted to do this, even though I did not share in certain understandings or perspectives of the experience. It was my understanding that had I said, no, that's wrong and disagreed with your feelings, that it would not support you in your own inner resolution. In wanting to find peace and understanding towards this, I was open to hearing and acknowledging everything you had to say. In my cooperation during the call, there was a moment where you asked me repeatedly, why do you think I felt this way? I then did verbally confirm you were right, because that is what you alluded to wanting to hear. And it became apparent later that what you wanted to hear is because you were recording it. I recognized I should have said you felt right, as this is more accurate to my understanding of what happened. But realizing this may have been a trigger in that moment of the call, I said what I said, putting aside my ego or any thought of self-preservation. Regardless of all of these details, my heart goes out to you, ghost. All I want is reconciliation and healing between us and for our friendship to be restored. And I truly believe that this is possible. I do not know if you recognize the damage you are causing by these harmful and inaccurate allegations. Please consider our moments of intimacy and ask yourself, do you gen genuinely believe that I ever had any level of malicious intent towards you or ever desire to cause you harm? We both know the answer is, of course not. And to suggest otherwise is unjust and cruel. Once again, I would like to ask that we find a way to come to a piece of a place of restoration where both of our perspectives can be respected, addressed, understood, and acknowledged so that we may both move forward in our lives and cultivate from this experience lessons that we can share with our communities. I don't I don't know. This this guy sounds like he's got the right idea. <laughs> This guy sounds like he's uh, got a, a good head on his shoulders for interpersonal relationships, which is why he sounds like a PR uh, announcement from a multi-million dollar corporation after the government finds out that they've been dumping like plastic waste into a river. Yeah, it's, uh, it's why he uses a whole lot of words to say a whole lot of nothing. Also, if he didn't think he raped her... Why tell that person that you raped them if you don't think it happened? Well, see, rape is very serious. That was the mistake that he made, and he should have said, you felt rapes. Oh, I'm sure she did feel raped when she was being raped. Yeah, it's uh, amazing how it. that works. Yeah, she felt it. Yeah, that's one of the senses. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I am prone to believe ghosts in this particular instance, um, especially because a lot of the language that uh, Mr. Ducknitch used um, is very similar to the language that my particular rapist used whenever he was confronted about it. So uh, let's let's even take this from like the perspective of even if he didn't rape this person, this response you admitted in a recording, which depending on where you are in the United States, you don't have to say that you're recording someone on the yep. phone. Uh, why'd you admit to raping this person? That's I, not what a non-rapist says. And yeah, exactly. So there, there's a lot to dive into with uh, these two blog posts. 
So obviously, uh, we should discuss what an abusive relationship looks like and some of the tactics that an abuser will use. For one, sexual coercion is absolutely 1000% rape. Legal definitions across the United States are not up to date with our current understanding, including in Oregon, where the DA decided that there was no rape in this situation. So ghost went through all of that process and then the DA decided, nope, this 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 doesn't count as rape because it doesn't meet the legal definition there. We also saw a lot of gaslighting in those two letters. Yes, so gaslighting is a whole thing. The term itself comes from this 1938 play and was popularized in a 1944 film called Gaslight. And during Gaslight, the husband manipulates his wife into thinking she has a mental illness by dimming their gas lights. And every time she brings it up, he tells her that she's hallucinating. So gaslighting is pretty much exactly that. Medical news today defines it as a form of psychological abuse where a person or a group makes someone question their sanity, perception of reality, or their memories. And, of course, gaslighting and sexual coercion are also both listed on the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website. Yeah, so there's just a lot. Um, I also don't know if you noticed how much Jordan, like, just constantly trivialized the details of what happened to Ghost. And just, like, a lot of the language that he uses is disgusting. Like, his, my heart goes out to you type stuff is just patronizing. If he were my Southern Belle aunt, he'd be saying, "Oh, bless your heart," with just all these details. I don't, I don't do accents very well. Don't, don't quote oh, me on that. We're gonna heart. edit that out. We're gonna edit that out. Oh, are we? <laughs> are we? I don't I, think so. Oh, God damn it! Let Phoenix suffer. If anybody tweets at me about my awful accents, I will do nothing about it because this is the internet and I will just walk away from the computer. It's not that big of a deal. I will tweet at Phoenix. Won't do it too scared. So, like, even if Jordan is right, the language that he uses in regards to a person who credibly accused him just looks suspicious. And really, you were kind of talking about that earlier. But, like, it gets worse because, of course, it gets worse. That's just how all this stuff goes. Whenever he says, all I want is reconciliation, and I truly believe that this is possible, he's playing hard to his audience as a spiritual leader, who's just so modest and so forgiving. But it's also blaming ghosts for the state of things. I also just don't believe that anyone would actually want to, quote, be friends with someone who, quote, falsely accused them of rape. I don't think anyone would want to put themselves at risk of another accusation, right? Like, by crazy? No, like, and a false accusation of rape would ruin a friendship. That's how a normal person would approach that. Because if it's false, that person meant you very much harm. So much harm. And if it's a real accusation, the victim wants nothing to do with the perpetrator of rape. Unless the whole thing where, you know, some people do, but that's more of like uh, the whole effect of gaslighting sometimes. Yeah. That's more complicated. But generally... Rape tends to sour a relationship. Yeah, it, uh, and it doesn't just sour that one relationship. Uh, it also sours 
the relationships between any mutual friends that you all might have. Like if one of uh, Ghost's friends thought that maybe Jordan was probably right here, then obviously Ghost would not be friends with that person anymore. And that actually happened, but that is about an entirely different person who we might talk about later. Uh, probably not, though. She's not that interesting. But do you remember the, uh, the incident that I've been mentioning throughout the episode? Like the big incident that happened in Jordan's life that Emma Watson helped him sort through? Was it this? Yeah, it, yeah, it was this. It was this. This is what he was talking about? Yeah, no. he, he did a rape and then Emma Watson's uh, so spirit he, form helps him through it. So he did a rape and Jesus with a vagina helped heal his trauma. Yes. Yes, because, because it's so traumatizing for him. He's the main character. Yeah, yeah. He is the the main character in his own anime, and everyone else is just a bunch of NPCs. Like their feelings don't really matter. So, how how could something like this happen? It honestly, makes a lot of sense whenever you start looking into a lot of the common things that Jordan believes, such as tantric yoga which the Science Mysteries blog describes as no introductions or explanations are ever made at the beginning of the practice of Tantric Yoga. Practitioners of this yoga practice do not know what will happen or how they are going to execute the various asanas. So Tantric Yoga was first expounded in the West by an occultist named Pierre Bernard, or the great slash omnipotent Um the Magnificent, if you prefer. He's from the mysterious and exotic locale of Leon, Iowa. Fucking Iowa. And Tantric Yoga, of course, was also popularized by the famous ex-cop Sting. <laughs> and it has a deservedly poor reputation. But the spirit science version where the teacher does sexual things to the student's body without consent is something else entirely. That's something else is rape. That's yeah. Something else. Yeah. Yeah, but what if Jesus wants it to happen? Then, well, uh, it's, you know, I don't think Jesus ever said anything about rape now that I think about it. You know, to expound on a long dead Jewish carpenter who died on a piece of dead wood, haha irony, um... I don't think you would have been cool with rape. Just going off of the whole love for your fellow man thing. You know, I, I, I don't, don't think, think most people would be cool with rape, rape either. Buddha yeah, would have not been cool with rape, I don't yeah. think. No, no I, I don't think he would be. No, no, no. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan Ducky. Entirely different story. Jordan Ducky is a divine being, don't you remember? And a husband to the Christ Sophia. Yes. Okay, so if this story wasn't weird enough, things get even weirder. This is some of the like fallout uh, from these blog posts. So Ghost herself is gone from social media. Uh, what pages are still up don't appear to have been updated in quite a while. But the blog itself, where they initially detail their assaults and their journey after making their accusations public, as well as mentions of their discovery of other people who have been assaulted by Jordan, have all been wiped clean. Like, they're all gone. They're empty. According to the web archive from the late 2018, the ghost had apparently received a cease and desist from Jordan's lawyers, and that's why she's disappeared from the internet. Which makes sense. Oh. Next, uh, yeah, it, it sucks. sucks. It sucks a lot. And it's largely because Jordan has a lot of money, which we're about to talk about, uh, and Ghost just did not. Uh, it, it's a shitty system. And it, it isn't helped by the fact that the DA in Oregon was like, nope, no rape here. We shouldn't even, even try to try this. 
So uh, there was also a news website called avonews.com that I got a lot of this information about the sexual assault from. Uh, they're the ones who turned me on to the ghost. And uh, I ended up dropping that site for my list of resources after doing a little bit more digging into them. Evo News was originally the only third-party source that I could find online discussing the allegations against Jordan. At the time of writing, Evo's headlining banner is an article about Donald Trump from 2019, and that article is plagiarized from NPC News, word for word. They do include a non-hyperlinked form of the NPC News article URL at the bottom of the page, but that's it. Evo News, according to their Facebook page, is based out of Barcelona, Spain, and their page managers post from Romania and the United Kingdom. EvoNews.com does not appear to have any actual news stories more recent than, than the plagiarized Trump story. Their Facebook pages, of which they have multiples with variations and capitalization between like each letter, does nothing but post clickbaity videos pretty consistently, but no actual news. They've basically become boing boing. Uh, the account in the byline of the Evo News article discussing the allegations against Jordan is deactivated. That account replied to several of the comments uh, of their own articles before deactivating, however. And looking at the public Facebook profiles of the people who like, did leave comments, I almost wonder if anything and everything related to Evo News is a part of a uh, bot network. It is, at the very least, not a reliable source by any means. All of that combines to make a very difficult situation in regards to the allegations. Like I said, from my own personal experiences, I believe Ghost. Uh, the way she describes the assault is so similar to how I described mine, using just like short matter-of-fact statements that I just, I can't imagine her making it up. Then Jordan's two responses to Ghost are also very similar to uh, my assaulter's own response to me. Fortunately, or unfortunately, we have a video from the 3rd of December 2019, a sequel video, as a matter of fact, to the Emma Watson is the Christ Sophia video. At 2 minutes and 45 seconds in this video, Jordan's starts talking about how he was socialized into thinking of women as sex objects. This is not an inaccurate statement, I'd say. Jordan goes on to blame. Not, not a damning statement, I think, for a lot of men in, in our society. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very common thing. Yes. You just have to, like, break away from it. Yeah, it's, yeah. There, I just there's... want to mention that for anyone who's listening. If you, at any point in your life, thought like that, and then later realized that was bad, good job. Yes. So Jordan goes on to blame this like need for sex on his daddy issues, but he seems to miss that there are thousands to millions of men without fathers that don't coerce women into sex. Then, four minutes into the video, he says, While my partner at the time had consented, deep down, she did not want to. She told me later there was a part of her that wanted to give me what I wanted because she loved me and cared for me, but in her heart, she knew that was not right. Uh, so, I don't know if he's talking about Ghost or someone else, but if it's a ghost, times? yeah, well, yeah, he's he's probably done it multiple times. So, and ghost, at the very least, the only account that I have sure did not love Jordan at all ever. No, they, in, in, this in fact, from what you said from Ghost's perspective, didn't know Jordan all that well. And yeah, no, like not at all. Like they were traveling together in a group of like five or six different people who were all on various spirit quests. Yeah, no, it's. It's weird. 
But an important thing to take from this video is that Jordan confessed to rape without prompting. Again, this came out two years after the initial allegations. There's something else that's worth commenting on. Um, you may have noticed that Jordan repeatedly refers to Ghost as his partner, but Ghost does not share this view of their relationship. She was, or he was just this dude that they were traveling with. I do want to reiterate that uh, Ghost did not know Jordan at all. And I hope wherever she is today, that she has some kind of peace going for her. Jordan is a scumbag and everything that we've gone over in the past, however many minutes this is, is exactly the kind of shit that abusive men say. Rosa, if you would like to do the grizzly grooming kiss oh now. Boy. That's that's a <laughs> sure you want to go and ball? Please leave what in, in what I'm about to say. You sure you want to go and ball wax after? <laughs> oh, let's go. This is a tone setter. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Phoenix Cat. Right, listeners. I know the pandemic has been affecting everyone in different ways, but some of you guys have been neglecting your hygiene. And that's where today's sponsors, Grizzly Grooming Kits, come in to save the day. Now, these aren't shaving kits that nick sensitive areas of the skin. No, these are waxing kits for men. There's no frills, no unnecessary additives formulated for men's skin specifically. They come in a variety of scents like pine, tobacco, and hickory. If you order the Smoky Mountain package, you get a bottle of the Skin Shield Aloe Vera Moisturizer as well. So go to grizzlygroomingkits.com and at checkout use code MISTAKE for 20% off your first order. That's code MISTAKE at grizzlygroomingkits.com. I would like to thank Rosa, the uh, representative of both Bonafide and Grizzly Grooming Kids, for joining us today. She's a very busy person. She works 16 different jobs with 18 different companies. Uh, so it's just amazing that she's uh, able to be here. Listen, I'm I am a PR representative for Benefito, not Bonafide. So if you would get oh, my corporate I'm, masters right. Oh, oh god, we're gonna lose that sponsorship. You're never gonna, gonna hear the sponsorship gonna tell, for Benefide again. I'm gonna tell Nick and Dan, who are the two men who started Benefito, to cancel this podcast through a series of lawyers that are all owned by shell companies that are owned in increasingly smaller countries off of the Moroccan coast. Speaking of a bunch of shell companies that are owned off the Morocco coast, Jordan Spirit Science still seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, the Spirit Science YouTube page has over a million subscribers, although audience interaction has dropped off tremendously. Whereas his most popular video has 4.4 million views, his most recent videos look like they're capping at about 78,000 for like an especially popular one, which would earn Jordan around $1,000 per video. Ad revenue doesn't seem to be where Jordan is making his money. Merchandise, however. From shop.spiritsciencecentral.com, we find all kinds of fascinating products associated with Jordan's decade-long, very real beliefs, not a cult, 
The big ticket item being, of course, an organic bamboo rayon t-shirt with a hood and the symbol for the Vishuddha throat chakra on it for just $149. Let me ask, I, you, you showed me an image of this. <laughs> Yes. Before the hoodie. Um, <laughs> to me, it looks just like a knockoff Homestuck cosplay. It's yes. Just, it's really bad. Yes, it was actually designed by uh, Tumblr user XXHomestuckFan69XX. Oh, I know them. They did like a they did like a piece of art where uh, like Tavros did a handstand on Dave. I'm gonna stop you right there. I swear not talk about Homestuck. Not not today. We're gonna be here for 87 <laughs> hours. Someone who's listening is going to get a kick out of that. In the top left corner of the image for the Vishuddha Throat Chakra shirt, uh, they have a little icon saying save $351, which means they want you to believe that this shirt is worth $500. Holy shit. But you're in luck. You can get it for just $150. Don't don't pay attention to the fact that this special never seems to go away. But that's a deal. And, oh, it's a it's a great deal that is always deal. ongoing. Should I get it as like a stocking stuffer for my children at Christmas? You should buy six of them, according to Jordan okay. Duckney. It's the exact same sales tactic that they do with like the spirits spirit mysteries classes. Like normally we charge you between four hundred dollars and fifteen hundred dollars, but now we're only charging $99. It's the same thing where if you like go into the code of the website, it's a timer that resets. Yeah, which is exactly the thing that happened here on, okay. or on Spirit Mysteries in okay. in particular. Yeah. Because I visited that site multiple times during the research. So I wanted to compare prices because like $150 for a shirt is outrageous. So I looked at today's fifth sponsor, Bamboa Homes 95% Organic Bamboo Shirts. They are only $30. $37. By the way, bamboo rayon is a semi-synthetic fiber made by chemically reshaping bamboo cellulose using carbon disulfide. Inhaling carbon disulfide fumes can lead to psychosis, heart attacks, liver damage, and blindness. Rayon that factories stood for the throat chakra. Yes, it's great for the throat chakra. Now, rayon factories rarely give information on their occupational exposure limits and compliance. Even in developed countries, safety laws are way too lax to prevent harm. Thank you, Wikipedia, for that information. Yes, so fortunately, this work is mostly done by children, and children are very resilient. Yes, and because it's children, they don't have long to live, right? That's how children work. It's less waste of a life. That, that's how anti-vax children work. I'm not so sure about regular <laughs> children. All right, so moving on, if, if the shirt is just too much for you, you can buy the Patchman Tarot Deck. Spirit Science Central doesn't give a whole lot of details about this particular product. Uh, they don't tell you what material the cards are printed on, for example, but they do say that it's printed at 1,200 dots per inch. That's actually pretty good. Uh, that, that's really highly detailed. Normally, the patch tarot deck goes for $69.99, but if you buy right now, you can get it for only $55.99. 
there are 71 reviews on this product. 68 are perfect five-star reviews. One of them is a four-star review complaining that the fool arcana was changed into the child arcana. Then there is a three-star review that says the cards are made from a light plastic that tends to get blown around easily. And another three-star review that says the booklet included with the cards uses language that's unfriendly to people with English as a second language. It's odd to me that these cards are so thoroughly worshipped as a perfect product, but they do seem to be a steal compared to some other tarot decks that I found on Amazon, which go for almost $1,000. But Kat does inform me that you can get a nice deck from the local occult bookstore for about a third of that price. Okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna break, break everyone's hearts who's listening, who's into tarot. Just do tarot readings with, like, a poker deck. You can do that, you know? Just translate chart. Yep. Other items in the shop include chunks of rock or crystals, a book, because of course, and a yoga mat, which is actually probably the most reasonably priced uh, item in comparison to other yoga mats. But I'm not a I'm not a yoga professional, so I don't know for sure. But like $80 for a high quality yoga mat is a lot better than the like <laughs> hundreds of dollars that I was seeing. So just like, spend 20 bucks. Yeah, there's cheaper options, but go it does actually Amazon, seem like a pretty Jeff Bezos. But just go on Amazon and get a twenty dollar yoga mat. I mean, yeah, it's look. I don't know. I don't know anything about yoga. I'm not the person to ask. All I know is that any interest I had in yoga was dashed whenever I was told I couldn't become Dolzine from Street Fighter. That's all I wanted. Now, what's that you said, Rosa? What's the spirit science, moral, and ethical justification for selling these products at such outrageous prices? I'm glad I you asked. Say that. that. That is the thing that you just, just said just now. Yes. So Jordan has actually addressed this specific problem in Spirit Science, episode 37, Spirit Money, part one. The video is almost 10 minutes of Jordan using a whole lot of words to say nothing, which he does all the time, until we get to this paragraph. What is explicitly money? Well, the simplest way to look at it is energy, a reflection of a value exchange that you can create in the world with others. As you create value, others are willing to exchange their enthusiasm for it, and money is the real reflection of that energy. But be warned, not all money is created equal. Payment can be created positively or negatively. You can have $1,000 of selling heroin to addicts, which is, well, dirty money, or $1,000 of supporting people in creating profound personal transformation in their lives. Much cleaner money. So, you know, he's not selling you spirit science branded heroin, I guess. Although he will sell you, he will sell you lots of DMT if you ask him nicely. No, he'll only sell you DMT if you go to South America and pay $300 a night for the chance to buy the DMT. Yes. Yes, both of you are correct. Uh, which means that's clean money uh, because there's no, listen, there's no ethical consumption or capitalism sweaty, which means I get to exploit people 
I'm just very proud of this podcast for encouraging people to take psychedelics uh, without any sort of supervision whatsoever. Uh, take psychedelics. Ignore the possibility that triggering schizophrenia. Money, uh, exploit people while taking massive amounts of psychedelics and then make a blog post about it. Yes. So uh, going off that video, it's pretty clear that uh, Jordan subscribes to Prosperity Gospel, Joel Austin, Read the Secret type shit, right? It's not Jordan's fault that he's making so much money. In fact, it's not even a bad thing that he's making so much money, according to him. In the Frequently Asked Questions section of the Spirit Mysteries membership page, they answer the question, there are so many resources available online for free. Why would I pay for spirituality? To which they respond, do you believe it is worth the money? Is it a priority for you? Now, realize that in the world today, both online and offline, there are countless things you can spend your money on, endless forms of entertainment, and things that satiate different aspects of ourselves. But how much is there for you to satiate and nourish your soul? Spending money is one very significant way that people express what they care about. And so, this is not just a place to pay for spirituality, but a spiritual university that you're enrolling in. When you make this investment, not only are you saying that you want to personally invest in your own spiritual evolution, but you are investing in the entire movement that continues to grow and change lives around the world. All of the resources that we receive go directly to maintain this environment and make it the best place it can possibly be. It's an um, investment, Rosa, in can yourself. I, uh, can I get my doctorate in rape defense blog posts? Oh, no. No, no. No, that's, that's just for the master. That's just yes. for the master. Yeah, it's only for the master. It's only for the husband of the Christ Sophia who will sell you a shitty hoodie. Yes. Cool. Can I get that's... my doctorate in throat chakra? Uh, no, you can't. Uh, not unless you work at the rayon factories. Damn it. So obviously Jordan is guiding you on a path of spiritual fulfillment. It's good and okay for him to make tons of money off of your gold glass, right? The less money you have, the more spiritually free you are. He's taking it upon himself to have the struggle of money. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so now we're obviously a leftist podcast. And because of that, we are obligated to reference Marx at least once an episode. But uh, Jordan Duchnich clearly has some strange ideas about what money is and where it comes from. Money is the universal commodity. It's exchangeable for any other commodity you like. It doesn't carry energy or intentions. And spending it on something isn't a way to express what you care about. It's only a way of recognizing that something required useful labor to produce and therefore has value. Jordan has two more quotes on his uh, blog slash videos about smashing money myths. And I... I think they really sum up everything you need to know about his approach to Spirit Science Central. We're going to look at his, uh, his final myth first. Money Myth 5. You have to be a cheapskate. You've probably heard the financial gurus talking about living on a budget and so live on the cheap and save money away and one day you'll have a big pile of dollars. However, the idea here is that you create your reality and if you're focused on this cheap mentality, then that's what you'll continue to build. Oh my god, you have to make money moves by visualizing yourself as a rich person. I, you I told you, it's the secret. Temporarily inconvenienced. Yeah. 
you're you are a billionaire you're just embarrassed right now so you see you have to break out of that sheep mentality spend 37 dollars on a 95 percent bamboo fiber shirt no you fucking idiot you spend 150 dollars on a 66 percent bamboo brayon shirt that they may very well have killed one of the people involved in making it if you're cheap now you'll be poor and cheap forever obviously the other money myth is kind of the obvious one. Money is the root of all evil, which I agree with. Money is vile. It is dirty. Do not wipe your eyes with money. We should either go back to the barter system or just move on to living in a society of abundance. Money is fake. And please give your fake paper to this man that you earn by slaving away so that he can give you a child killing hoodie because that's what truly will make you rich. And fulfilled spiritually. So Jordan disagrees with me, and uh, it just, it, here, here's the quote. But here's the thing, that myth is an idea that keeps poor people poor just by believing it. Think about it. And if you're weak and you believe money is root of evil, you're going to consciously or subconsciously avoid having it at all costs. Having money will, either consciously or subconsciously, makes you feel like you'll be going to hell until you get rid of it the moment it shows up. So what's the moral story here? I think Ayn Rand said it best with her legendary quote, Money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. Ayn Rand a russian immigrant to the united states please tell me he has a video of of like patch person reciting the john galt speech for 14 minutes to no one in particular i don't think he does that's something that we're gonna have to make a reality on our own and i i will begin work on that project as soon as these episodes get published yeah that's uh of course, Jordan Ducknich likes Ayn Rand. Everything makes a whole lot more sense now. And I'm going to just end this episode with one last quote, uh, this time from John Rogers. There are two novels that can change a bookish 14-year-old's life, The Lord of the Rings and Atlas Shrugged. One is a childish fantasy that often engenders a lifelong obsession with its unbelievable heroes, leading to an emotionally stunted, socially crippled adulthood, unable to deal with the real world. The other, of course, involves orcs. Aragorn would have killed this motherfucker. He was so cool. Frodo would have kicked the shit out of this dude and Samwise would have pissed on his face. All right, so Rosa have anything that you want to plug share your twitter anything all like right. that all right if you want to if you want to find my insane ramblings that i make at 3 a.m or when i dunk on jk rowling uh my twitter is at scump the movie s-c-u-m-p the movie not the book series because that was shit uh, the telenovelas, <laughs> because I think the script got lost in translation. And certainly not the graphic novels, but other than that, I will, I'm announcing right now that if you do look at my Twitter, in five minutes or so, as of this recording, I will be making a post about how Aragorn would kill an incel. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. You can find us on the website at theinternetwasmistake.com. You can find us on Twitter at oopsinternetspod. 
Uh, am I forgetting any anything else, Cap? Don't we also have a Patreon? We do have a, a Patreon. Uh, the Internet Was a Mistake pod uh, on Patreon. Um, wow, go listen. If, if you want to see Spirit Science's Patchman, um, or at least a, uh, a, a very close cousin of Patchman, who definitely isn't Patchman, in a high-pitched voice recite the John Galt speech, maybe subscribe to their Patreon. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, everybody, and I hope you have a good night. Mm-hmm.